Hello, hello, and what is up, teachers? Hope everyone's well. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. Dave McPartland is the head teacher of Flakefleet Primary School, which was voted the happiest school in the UK in 2018. Dave is also a vocal critic of Ofsted. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about exactly that, Ofsted. How are you today, Dave? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's, um, we, we, we broke up late. Like a lot of people, it felt like the longest term that any of us have ever experienced. But now it also feels like the longest period ever after the new year. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling good, to be honest, pal. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on. We're exactly the same as you, actually. Um, so we had the long term and then the long holiday, too. So we're not back till the 8th. Um, but it's been a nice break, though. Uh, apart from the really, really bad weather, it has actually been a nice break, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the weather's been horrendous, hasn't it? But two five-week terms and then we're into the summertime, it all feels a bit, a bit surreal, really. It does. It does, absolutely. And i just got to give you a massive thank you for coming on because your tweets are very popular. You say what everybody is thinking, and it is very refreshing to hear that from a head teacher. You know, it really is. So massive thanks. Can't thank you enough. Oh, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that. You know, it, it, I was going to say it doesn't feel like a big deal, but it, but it, but it does in, in a way because I, I think, you know, when you worry about everything and overthink everything like I do, it's quite it's quite a weird thing. That's It's something that makes me feel better speaking up, you know, trying yeah. to speak up on behalf of the profession or, you know, the people who are feeling the same. But on the other hand, you're putting yourself out there, so you're making yourself a bit vulnerable. So it's kind of a bit of a... Bit of a weird experience yesterday. I was conscious. I tweeted Lord yesterday with yes. the news about Martin Oliver, and a few people were like, "Whoa, Dave, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." But I just feel like at the moment it's really important that we we speak up for for ourselves, for our profession, for for everybody. You know, our kids, our schools, our community. Everybody wins if Ofsted becomes the the, the process that it should be. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm feeling good. But yeah, I, I was. It was a weird day yesterday. Not gonna lie. Yeah, and we we can talk more about that later. Actually, so I've got your tweets right here. Um, so if we can kick off with, what brought on your, I guess your vocal criticism of Ofsted. Yeah, I, I think I, I think for for years and years and years, you know, whenever. I've been ahead now fifteen years, which which is a bit strange. It's a long time, and I kind of resent the fact that we, you know, whenever you're you're in the window, it just feels like the stress and the pressure and the anxiety ramps up, and it it doesn't get better. It gets worse and worse and worse until you get to that pinnacle. You have the Ofsted process, which by and large is is okay. It passes by in a bit of a blur. And then you have a nice two or three years where you do more exciting, interesting, innovative things. You take more chances, and and school feels very different. And and I kind of I, I kind of resent that. And and I also, and and, and I am choosing the word resent deliberately. I do resent it. The the unpredictable, you know, the unpredictable nature of offset inspections. That you know. One of the the, the points in the code of conduct for inspectors is that you know it's meant to be objective. I don't think education can ever be objective. You know how mm. how I run our school, how I lead, how I am is is, is not for everybody. If, if, you know, you, you've got people who love Paul Dix, but then you have got people who love Tom Bennett, and then everything in between. And it's just the idea that, that there's an element of chance to something that's so important. Your inspection, you, you build it. It's like a massive job interview. You've swatted up, you've researched, you've planned, you've put all of this into this job that you've always wanted. 
Yeah. You don't know when the interview is going to be. You're going to get 24 hours. You know, you don't know what the panel's going to be like, you know, and on a different disc, you might be, there might have been a different outcome. I think it's lots of different things, and, and I know what it does to me, but I also know what it does to my colleagues, and, and I see the people that have retired early, gone off with stress, and it's just one of those things where I think we'll look back and think, how on earth was this allowed to go on for so long and do the damage that it did do when, you know, when we're struggling with skills anyway for lots of different reasons. So, I, God, I, I could talk about this for another half an hour, I would imagine. It's, oh, please do. I'm all yeah. things. <laughs> no. I think, I'm, okay, I, I mean, I think, you know, we, we did Britain's Got Talent, you know, five years ago, and I'm sure there's lots of people out there think that we did it for the attention and the profile and the fame. The reality was we did it for a bit of a laugh to show kids that anything is possible. We didn't think we were going to go through to the live shows, never mind get a golden buzzer. And the the reason I bring that up is after that, you know, that, that couple of crazy months that we had, I know that, that I've got, you know, quite a decent following on, on Twitter. I know yeah. that, that there are journalists that follow my posts and things like that. And, and I've got a voice and, and I'd rather you, you know, I'd, I'd rather go to bed on a night thinking I'm using that voice, that I'm using that platform that I'm lucky enough to have. There's a vulnerability that comes with it, but I owe it to my friends, to my colleagues, to, you know, to my profession to stand up and say, hey, this this isn't okay and, and it, it could be so much more. And, and that's where I hope we are at the minute. I hope the tide's turning and, and things are going to improve. Yeah. So I think that because there is such a massive subjectivity to it. I mean, back in the day, they used to say oh, the decisions usually made before they, before they even enter the building. They've already decided what judgment they're going to make based on the data, et cetera, et cetera. And they've already made that decision. I mean, for me personally, because I've... I've taught at a school which was noticed to improve, okay? Um, this was a very long time ago. And just hearing that sentence repeatedly, when Ofsted come in, they're going to want to see this. When Ofsted come in, when Ofsted come in. And I think the kids just get lost in that. Um, obviously, it depends how it's managed by the senior leaders or whatever, but this kind of doing things for Ofsted. Like we talked about before we started recording, I've got no issue with accountability, right? But this kind of doing things for somebody else, okay, that's not accountability. That's hoop jumping, you know. Um, back in the day, I think we've got the same number of years each um, in terms of our teaching. You might have a couple more than me, <laughs> uh, but I think we've got the same number of years. There used to be an inset called when the door handle turns, okay. And it was about exactly what to do. I can see you're making a face now. It was about exactly what to do when Ofsted come in, right? And if you remember, it was that mini review. You had to mini, you have to review everything you're doing right now, you know, just to prove that you're teaching, right? And you, your lessons were judged by, by the strength of your mini review. And if you were doing the register, it was, crazy. Yeah, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. You know, I, because uh, you mentioned uh, 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 yeah, carry on, carry on, carry on. Sorry, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, it's just it's it's frustrating. I think because when you work in a disadvantaged area, you know, like like I do, and, and lots of my colleagues do, there is an element. There is an element that, and I appreciate. Also, we'll put these briefings out. There'll be sessions about don't do things for us. Yeah. I get that. This was in the time when they could do that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but there's an inherent vulnerability 
Two skills like ours, the pressure is always going to be. It's always going to be harder, you know. Coming through the other side of COVID and cost of living, and, and this crazy world that that our kids are growing up in at the moment, and all the divisiveness in politics, the pressure is going to be on on schools such as ours more. We, you know, I, 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 I nearly say we have to work harder, and and that could upset some people. We have to work differently. We've got, you know, more things that you need to record and phone calls and things like that. And I've worked in both. I've worked in very much both ends of the spectrum, and it's just there are there is an element of things that you you know you know that you have to have in place you got the inspection framework you know what evidence they're going to to look for and it's all well and good as, as saying that we don't need to you know just do what is right for school that's really difficult to try and walk that talk that you we do do that we don't make a big deal of Ofsted but the the, the reality is we you know there's too many training courses advisors consultants out there helping us get through that process that that job shouldn't even exist it, it, no. it's just it shows where we are. We can say one thing, but we all know the reality is, you know, is the other, I think, to, to, to some great or lesser degree. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the when we were noticed to improve, it was Ofsted, you know, the uh, the interim visits they do just to see how you're doing. I can't remember what you call them. Um, then in addition to that, it was it was the LEA inspectors too. So it was just constant inspection, 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 all to make sure we're doing what we're quote unquote meant to do when an inspector comes in. It was absolutely terrible, yeah. you know. And you mentioned but, this. And you... I think. Yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry, Emma. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Because um, you mentioned resentment earlier, and sometimes I look back. So this was in my first few years of teaching, okay. And that's when you want to be really thriving as a teacher, okay. That's when you want to really cut your teeth. And instead of the vi- uh, instead of excuse me, instead of thriving, we're just in survival mode. You know, constantly doing something for somebody else, and it hinders you. You know, it really does, and and that resentment. Does. Yeah, completely. Yeah, sorry, you were saying. No, no, no. I think I think that one of the reasons why I'm so vocal at the moment as well is that we've always felt pretty well off as a school. You know, we we get a lot of pupil premium. I know that you know that when schools that don't have it, that they, they, they might struggle with that. And again, I've been in the in the opposite extreme. Um, we used to have plenty of money. We could put support in place. We could say yes to everything. We could send staff out on training. We could get mm. really expensive, you know, really, you know, well-respected professionals to come in and, and help us. But we can't do that anymore. We can't get access to to pupil referral units, special school places, and the things that are out there. And the scale of challenges facing schools at the moment is much higher than it ever has been, particularly young, you know, further down the school where historically most schools are issues in year five and six that, you know, across the country, it's more early years, year one and so on. So so professionals are working, you know, teachers, teaching assistants, anybody. So they're working so much harder than they ever have done and they've always grafted. Mm. And I think, you know, putting that pressure of Ofsted on, on top of that, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem very fair um, when there's, there is that element of chance to it, you know, what day they come in, what they see, the inspector that you get, you know, inspectors inspections are never going to be one hundred percent reliable. It, it's a flawed, it's a flawed idea, um, and and I think that's why you know with everything else that's going on in education in the world at the minute, why I feel even more strongly than I normally do. And it's these one word judgments they can make subjectively, so it's subjective and it's one word. I mean that's a damning system if ever there was one. You know, and and the yeah. one thing that came out in in the coroner's report um, from the tragic uh, death of of Ruth Perry was that the 
they would give a one word judgment based on something that can be amended within one week. Right. So you can be inadequate based on one tiny little thing. Despite the fact you can fix that within two weeks. Right. But that, that was enough to deem you inadequate completely. And that, and that was one of the points Jeez. they made. It's like, it's like, don't have a one word judgment, at least if that's the case. Right. If, if it's some one little tiny thing that can be fixed within two weeks, then the school's not inadequate. You could just say, OK, remedial action necessary. You know, I've heard of schools yeah, going exactly. into I've, I've heard of schools going into special measures because I believe it was a six former got in without signing in or didn't swipe in so, something very basic like that because the swipe thingy wasn't working that day. You know, just just something very bizarre like that. And the school was uh, d d deemed inadequate. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that we, we, we don't make allowances for um, is is the fact that we're living, you know, in the last couple of years, the last 10 years, social media has changed everything. You know, yeah. WhatsApp groups didn't used to exist. <laughs> and, you know, but we, I know, but, you know, we, we laugh, but we, we all know that they might have, you know, staff WhatsApp groups that are going on behind the scenes, parent ones. And they can be so damning on Facebook, you know, private Facebook groups. And we're one of the few jobs that still exists that we're very much front facing public services. You know, we're public services that we've got a name. You know, if you're upset with somebody at Asda, it's Asda you're upset with. You're not, you're not upset with Sandra on the Tills. No. You know, we, we are one of the few people that when you have a problem with the school, everything falls back on ultimately on, on the head teacher. But everybody knows their class teachers. Everybody has an opinion on it. You know, in the past, you might go and have a, a bit of a whinge at the pub uh, or somewhere else, whereas now you'll have a whinge on the, on the WhatsApp groups. Everybody knows within a couple of minutes. Mm. Ruth Perry cited house prices going down. The level of responsibility yeah. on that one person or that leadership team, that school, I think it, it, it was always a, it always felt like a lot of pressure. But I think in this day and age, it's, just, it's, it's even more heightened and it's different. You know, if you have a problem with your, your doctor, even though a lot of people will know them, you, you, I don't imagine they have that. Some say being a vicar or a priest. Or so, you know, how many people, the point is, I'm probably making really badly, is how many people know that one person within a community? Mm. I mean, does that make sense? I, I don't know if I've explained yeah, that. Yeah, very, yeah. I think you know where I'm trying to come from. Just a lot because, of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility. Because yes, you are kind of, you are that community. And, and that's something Ruth Perry very yeah. much felt too. Yeah, yeah. So there's a new offset in, uh, chief now. I don't, do you know it's, what was his name again? Oliver Martin, Martin Oliver. Martin, Martin Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. Was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he was a he was the CEO of a big multi academy chain, um, and he's now the new inspector of uh, the new excuse me chief inspector of Ofsted. So what do you think of him? Do you know, I, I don't know. It's really hard, isn't it? Because what I don't want to do is what, what lots of people do with, you know, with heads and, and other people that you might see on Twitter and whatever, and you form opinions based on tittle-tattle, myths, you know. I, I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't really know anything about him. A um, bit nervous about, you know, some of the things that I've read about exclusions and, you know, um, you know, you know some of the ways that the, the, the academies were, were run. But I don't know that's fact or, or fiction or this real. 
the announcement, you know, the, the statement that he put out yesterday and the interviews that he, he did yesterday, yeah, really positive. I, I, I would definitely take that as a positive. I think where I'm nervous is the idea that we we pause for some more mental health training. Yes, that's an acknowledgement that 90 minutes was never enough. Yeah, but I, 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 I honestly don't see it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, yeah. that's nowhere near no. enough. But the idea that we pause and then we, you know, we go straight back to it. I don't see, you know, I've spent a long time looking at my risk assessment, taking advice. I've got more to come. At the minute, I just don't see how they, that, that they can recommence without things being very different. And, and I think that's what's going to come up. You know, it, it, they've quite clearly acknowledged that there is a problem with deferrals before Christmas and now pausing. There's obviously the coroner's um, findings and, and statement and everything. So I, I think things have changed. I think we're going to have a bit of a problem with DFE and Gillian Keegan. You know, they're going to have to be on board with, you know, changing things like the one-word judgments and, and so on. Um, so I, th- I think there's a lot to be done um, and, and, and I'm conscious it's going to take a long time. We're going to have an election in amongst that. It could be a spring one. You know, that might change things. Um, you know, is anything going to happen if it's a spring one? I don't know, pal. Um, mm. I, I, I liked what was said yesterday, but I want to see urgent change, meaningful change that is going to mean that less people retire, less people leave, less people go off with stress. You know that things feel different because it it, it has to. I don't. I don't think this. We're going away now. I think well, the you know the seal has been broken. We're standing up. I think teachers who have because I'm of a similar opinion to you mostly in the sense that, okay, he's saying the right things um, and let, let's give him a chance then. Let, let's see what happens. But words have to be backed by actions. You know, that's the opinion I'm of. But I can't help but be slightly cynical too because you've got to remember, I mean, we've both been long enough around long enough to um, remember Michael Wilshaw when he told head teachers to stop moaning, uh, take stress on the chin. And also, I'm just quoting him now, if anyone says to you that staff morale is at an all-time low, you should know you you know you are doing something right. He also told teachers to stop complaining that the job is stressful and said that teachers should roll up their sleeves and get on with their work. All of these can be attributed to uh, Sir Michael Wilshaw, you know, and if, you, if, you taught, if you've been a teacher through that, it jades you, doesn't it? Uh, you think, well, what I is this now? Well. Is come so you can be flagrant about your lack of concern for teacher well-being. And you, we all know recruitment retention is at an all-time low. It, it, the article just last month in Schools Week said t- uh, teacher training providers are only reaching 50% of their targets. And and they didn't even specify the subject this time. Because back, you know, historically, it's been science, maths, MFL. They're the ones which are always shortage. But this is secondary teachers full stop, you know. So that's why I think there's a lot of pressure on the new guy to actually I mean, make some meaningful I mean, change. To actually make some meaningful change. In fairness, it you know it was day one yesterday. Um, you know he, he, he won't be able to do. He won't have been able to do huge. I don't know what's gone on in, behind the scenes leading up to yesterday, but the the proof will be over the next week. I am with you. It's it's hard. I started the day really positive yesterday. By the end, I was feeling a bit cynical. Um, I just I, I I hope that people don't think that that you know we're sorted now um, be, because we're not. We're nowhere near sorted and I don't think it's all going to get fixed in a, in a couple of weeks I just I think part of my, my ramblings yesterday where I just hope the powers that be realise how strong 
our feelings are. You know, I used the word yesterday. I don't think I've ever used it in a tweet before, and I meant it. I even Googled it. I think there will be, you know, if we don't see meaningful change, real big change that impacts on everything, I think it'll be met with fury. Because you, know, you can feel it. I don't know about you, but you're on, on Twitter a lot, I think, you know, like yeah. me. You can feel the strength of feelings about the things that have happened. You know, Ruth Perry should have been here this Christmas. She should be, should have been here yeah. for the new year. Oh, yeah. She isn't. And we all know that by the grace of God, it could have been me, you, somebody else. You know, we, we don't know, you know, and, and, and it's something has to give, something has to change. And, and I think any half measures thinking we're going to go away, that would be very, very, I think it would be very naive because, and I think that's why I finished the day tweeting quite as, like I did, because we're not going away. We, you know, we, we, we've had enough. We are not doing yeah. it. I, you know, I'm not spending the next 30 years in teaching before I retire, living with these ups and downs and some predictability. This isn't okay. And, and no. it will change um, one way or another. And I think people, I 100% agree with you that, that I can feel the fury. You can, you can absolutely feel it. I remember back in the day, in around about 2008, maybe a bit before that too, when there were teacher strikes, overpay, workload, etc. It was actually quite difficult then. I was a union rep at the time. It was actually quite difficult then to get teachers to go on strike. Okay. But this time round, it was not difficult. It was like, yes, where do I sign? What do I do? Etc. Etc. You know, people were very adamant that we're going to make change here. And, and that is continuing. I definitely feel that too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, I wanted to ask you about a tweet you did yesterday. I'm just going to read it out. Just been to pick up my prescription and always feels like a big deal. Let the success of Ofsted reform be judged on, on how many people come off of these in 2024. And it is a box of citalopram, which I know is an antidepressant. And it was a very popular tweet. I actually tweeted that after that. Um, 1.4 thousand likes. Um, do you want to tell us more about this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never talked about a podcast, although I've tweeted a couple of times, not many. And let me just say, times. for, 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 for um, the listeners, before you continue, for the listeners, if you don't want to answer that, absolutely. And if you say, you know, something you want me right no, later I'll, want me to I'll, edit that's absolutely no. fine i don't want to look like i'm prying or anything like that no no i'll say i not not at all um i think part of it is it's getting rid of the stigma of it i'll be honest i don't like the phrase antidepressants because okay. i wouldn't consider myself to be depressed and that's not me being in denial i've had periods of my life where i absolutely have been depressed and i have gone to the doctors for that and i'm all right talking about that the reason that I take them, um, and I was on them at the beginning of the year, went off them too quickly, um, and I went back on them, is for me, I, I worry a lot, which is crazy, considering that, you know, a lot of people have seen me wearing sequined lycra, crying on, a, on, you know, on the stage of one of the biggest TV shows in the world on Britain's Got Talent. Mm. You know, to everybody else, I come across as one of the most confident people, lively, outgoing, and I am all of those things, absolutely, and I clearly love that kind of thing. However, I do worry. I, I chronically worry. I overthink everything. I'd hate to upset anybody. I, I, I don't ever want to cause offence. Um, and when... Um, what I found is when we're in the offset window, 
I end up on them because I want to look after my staff. I don't want to let the community down. I don't want to get anything wrong. And and my worry goes into overdrive. And and I'm quite okay talking about it because the way that I see it is if you've got a broken leg, everyone's going to open doors for you. And, they, you know, they might bring you around a bit of tea. And, oh, are you okay? You poor thing. You must be in agony. Whereas I don't see mental health, you know, the, the brain being any different in many ways. It's worse. You know, people can't see it. They don't know what it's like in the middle of the night when you sat there, you know, can't get to sleep and you're stressing and you're worrying and you're overthinking. And there is a time, there is a place where you need to go to the doctors and they will give you some tablets that just address the chemicals in the brain. You know, it might be that my serotonin is not right. I've got issues with other things going on there. And nobody would ever know that I was on antidepressants. I'd rather call them calmers, stabilizers, um, something that just anchors me to the middle of the world. I don't get quite as excitable as I normally do. Don't, don't be wrong. I still get very excited about things. But equally, I, I don't cry quite as much. I, you know, I, I can sleep a lot better. I, I function a lot better for it. And, and that's all it does. It just, it just calms me. You know, don't get me wrong. It doesn't zonk me out or anything like that. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what it does to you, you know, whether they're addictive, and th- you know, and things like that. And the reality is I've had so many meetings with, with staff, with parents, with colleagues, where I've talked quite openly about it, you know, sometimes you can do the healthy eating, the the exercising, the drinking water, the reading, let's go, all the things mm. that we know work, we absolutely do. But sometimes your body just needs something else to, to, to help you get back to that place that that you would rather be. And and I just want to get rid of the stigma around it. I don't think it is a big deal. You know, the amount of head teachers that since I've I've posted my first one a couple of months back. They're like, yeah, mate, I, I'm on those as well. Or I'm on surgery or, or whatever. I think people will be shocked just how many people are on them. And when I talk to people who work in schools, the the, the line show that it, it, it is it is Ofsted. You know, people might disagree with me on that, but the biggest thing that seems to come up is is being in the window. And that, for me, that isn't okay. You know, I, I can take the tablets, and that is absolutely helping. But for me, that the reality is that's not helping with the underlying cause of it or one of the causes of it. You know, what's actually causing that stress and that anxiety and worry? I know I'm good at my job. My colleagues are good at We shouldn't be worrying about whether we get a good or not. We know we're a good school, but we do. And I think it's that unpredictability, that unfairness and whatever. So, yeah, I, I'm quite happy talking about it. You know, I, I think it, it's so much more common than, than we think. It isn't a stigma, you know. I, I don't know that it comes with my type of personality. You know, you lively, outgoing, sociable, gregarious ones. We seem to seem to have these big ups and downs. But nobody would have ever known that I was on them, and, and I kind of just wanted to put it out there that, you know, if if confident old me's on them, um, then it's okay for the people to be. So I've never talked about it. Like, I, I don't know how that sounds or how that comes across. Um, you know, I it comes across I, I as can't it, it, it comes uh, across I as hope so. It is. No, absolutely. I just, I just want to help people. You know, it's okay to struggle. Um, we everybody struggles. It just presents in different ways. You know, some people become aggressive, some become tearful, some become re- reclusive. You know, I, I I have coaching sessions off this guy who's amazing, um, Mike Rotherham, and I said to him, mate, what, you know, what, what about you? Like, he works with top athletes, blue chip CEOs, these you know, big important people, and I say, what 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 stops there? Why don't they stress? Why don't they struggle with it? And he said, mate, they all do. Mm. They all do. But the difference is I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll do something about it. I'll, I'll reach out. I'll get, you know, I'll, well, I'll have help. And, and interestingly, 
No, go on. Sorry. I'm... No, no, it's fine. He's not used to this. It's quite, it's quite refreshing. But... <laughs> no, it's all good. No, this is where I was going to ask what your what your opinion on this is. At what point is it us as teachers, as educators, who have to manage it better, or it's them that have to change? I, I think it's okay, them that have to change. Sorry? I, I think it's them that have to change. But it's them I'm that really have to change. And to I, I because I absolutely agree. I think it's them that have to change. I actually don't think it's us that have to manage it better or manage our stress levels better. I put the blame squarely on them. Okay. And the reason why I do that is because the recruitment and retention figures prove that. If 50% of the profession, uh, if, excuse me, if they can only get 50% of their target, then the problem lies there. If the fact that so many teachers are leaving, not entering, et cetera, the profession, I think that's, for me, that is enough evidence that the problem lies with them and not in our own, the, the way we choose to manage or can't manage it, quote unquote. Uh, that's what I think. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, because I, some people yeah, will come no, out I, and I, say, I, well, actually, okay, well, then you're, you're clearly not cut out for it. I say, well, if I'm not cut out for it, he's not cut out for it. 50% of those, one third who leave after two years or whatever it is, they are all not cut out for it. Maybe what they've cut out is wrong then. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. But what, where, what, what I was trying to, whether I articulated it very well, was that that change, you know, I'm, I'm campaigning, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm voicing, I'm standing up, you know, I'm mm. trying to get that to change. But we need more people to do that regularly with, with strength. And it's hard for a lot of people to speak up for, for their bosses, their governors, the whatever that, you know, I'm really lucky. I've got a brilliantly supportive governing body, advisor, LCC, you know, everybody, you know, they're, they're on board and, and supportive and they're looking after me. And you're right, I shouldn't have to be taking antidepressants. Yeah. I shouldn't have to be doing all of those things. But in the light, you know, we know that that's not changing anytime soon. It feels better with what we said yesterday. Unfortunately, the reality is we end up having to look after ourselves because the real thing that's causing it all isn't changing. And I think has got worse over the last couple of years. Yes, yeah, so I think I think we're both on the same page there. Shouldn't have to, but you do what you do to get you need to do to get yeah. through. Yeah. No, you're you're being pragmatic. This, this is the situation I'm prevent I'm presented with, and this is how I have to act to deal with it. But yeah, obviously, uh, of course, it's the situation that needs changing. No, absolutely. Do you think more teachers are are taking anxiolytics and antidepressants than we think than we imagine? Yeah, I feel 100%. like I feel like it's quite a lot. 100%. Um, the conversation I've had with, you know, my current doctor and doctors over the years is that it's really common with teachers and, and head teachers particularly. Um, yeah, since I've started talking about it, you know, all my staff know that I'm on them, which which to some people, like even for me, a couple of years ago, like, wow, you're never going to do that, Dave. Like, you know, when people try to talk me out in the first time, I, I, I tried to, not at school, like family members and so on. Um, but there are so many people on them. It's just it's just not one of those things that you talk about, which is daft. If you're taking headache, you know, paracetamol for a headache, that's not a big deal. I just don't see that it's and, and there'll be people out there going that, that completely disagree with me that it's not a good idea. I'm not encouraging them people to take it, but sometimes you just need 
something extra to give you a fighting chance. And the amount of people that, since I've gone public, we're talking about it. I mean, I think I first talked on BBC Breakfast. I couldn't really be any more out there. Um, the amount of people that have messaged saying, thank you so much. I, I don't feel like I can talk to the people, but I'd like to tell you that I'm on them as well. And I appreciate you speaking up. God, yeah, it's, it's rife. Absolutely, 100%. Because hmm. the article I found said... Shocking, well, really, isn't it? It's sad, isn't it? it? It is very sad. Considering we work with kids, you know, you'd want the person in charge of your kids to be as mentally healthy as they could possibly be. Not that we're not mentally healthy if we... T- Do you, you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. want them to, yeah, to have the best conditions ever, you know? Hmm. What would you say is the one thing that needs changing about Ofsted? Like, if we could change one thing, um, if we ask the new guy, Martin Oliver, said, right, this one thing, can you change it? And change it to what? And tell him what to change it to. What would it be? Um, it's hard. It's hard. I, I, I think I do have a problem with the, the 25 hours notice now. You know, you can't plan things. You don't, you know... It, you know, I'm lucky enough to get out and about speaking in different places, and I don't always know where I'm going to be. You mm. know, I have people on course and things. So I change that. I think the biggest thing is the one word judgment, which is a DFE thing. Um, that that's a government thing. Martin Oliver can ask for that, can pressurise for that, can work towards that. I do think that that's one of the 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 biggest things. I think. I think the way that the inspection, you know, inspectors do it, I think there needs to be, I th- you know, I honestly think probably nine, nine out of 10 inspectors are all right, but it's the, it's the one or two. It's the ones that, that ruin it for everybody else. The ones that are quite comfortable saying whatever they want, however they want to do. So I think there needs to be a real, a, a really meaningful complaints process that the inspectors feel a degree of accountability because you know, our accountability is very public. You know, the out, you know, the outcomes are very serious. The impact is very serious. Whereas I feel that your inspectors are, are beyond reproach. Um, I think it just it just needs to be done in a in a more supportive, positive, you know, productive way. I, I think probably the one word judgments for for me. Um, yeah, it's it's loads of things, isn't it? But that that's probably the biggest thing. I think it should be pass or fail and everything else should be verbal, not verbal, excuse me, written, just feedback areas for development. It should be pass or fail, I think. I I don't agree with this kind of outstanding. That's what I'm more open to because I think that's the only way really you can ensure development, that, that you can focus rather on development. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. You've really got me thinking. I, as soon as I get off this this, this podcast, like all day, like what, what should I have said in that moment? It just <laughs> needs wholesale change and reformers. It needs to be fit fit for purpose. Um, we shouldn't we shouldn't go. You know, so say like you, you know, have you got kids? I don't know. You've got have you got kids, Emma? So I have no, three no, kids, no. and sometimes no. when you. Sorry, I'll start that again. You cut that bit out if it sounded like weird. I'm sorry for asking. No, no, like, no, when no, I've got no, my kids no, around me. I just feel that sometimes you want your head to be fully in the room and or when you're doing something on a weekend or, you know, offset shouldn't, we, we know that it'll be, it, it's better if it's not just sat there at the back of your mind thinking I should be doing this and I should be doing that. Um, 
I mean, okay, so the the, the one word judgments, um, I think what what has bothered me the most over the years is that their guidelines are perpetually confusing. Okay. You may remember when they said teachers can't, that they didn't like, um, I think they referred to it as, yeah, teacher-led lessons. Like your, your lesson would be criticized just because you were standing at the front and explaining something to your class. They said, oh, that's too teacher-led. I can see you laughing. Yeah, you remember this. They said, your lesson's too teacher-led. You had to tell the pupils and get them to teach. Okay. And then they they later redacted that in their Ofsted myths document. Okay. So first, first they condemned everybody for quote-unquote teaching from the front. And then they said, oh, no, 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 you can teach how you want. Okay. And they did the same thing with marking. Because marking, triple marking was the was the fashion at the time. Um, presumably because heads got that from the Ofsted guidance. You know, triple marking where you yeah, keep feeding back and they feed back on your feedback and all that kind of thing. Then they later in their same, in the, in the myths document, they said, we actually don't favor any particular type of marking as long as there is a marking policy, which all your staff are adhering to. You can have whatever policy you want. After what, two years of triple marking, which was, which has been disproven. To, to, to have impact, you know, that, that's what bothers me as a classroom teacher, because I'm not a senior leader, I'm, I'm no kind of leader. But that's what I remember that bothering me the most over the years. It's like, okay, well, you've just said this, you've wasted our time with it. And now you're saying it's a myth. It's like, well, where did we get that myth from then? So are you going to take responsibility for that myth then? Right? Every, we everybody thinks that triple marking is the best thing ever, and everybody's spending all this time doing it. And now you're saying, actually, no, 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 you don't have to do it. It's like you lose faith in the system when that happens because they swear by it at the time. You know, it's like, a, what was it? Kinesthetic learn multiple intelligences. All these things, they, 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 they swore by at the time, you know, only to refute them later. You know, it's demoralizing. We all know that. that for me as a teacher, that would be the most. In fact, just before you continue. Yeah, I was speaking to one head teacher who said that he was not overly bothered about the it, it wasn't the one word judgment thing that bothered him the most because because what he said was if you've got parents on side okay and you can explain yourself and the kids get a good experience at the school you can actually recover from that that was the opinion of that head teacher so that wasn't the worst thing ever it was more the type of stuff that i've just said you know that the constant changing of guidelines head teachers finding out about stuff on sunday night on the news right the last minute yep. stuff it was stuff like that that bothered him the most you know yeah sorry you were saying no, I, no, no, I, 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 no absolutely I, I agree with that you know we can pretend or they can pretend that um that they don't have preferred styles but they do we all know you know be really hard you know i you can have all your training but i think we're human cause we're going to prefer certain things that we, we see in the classroom you know we're absolutely we've gone down the paul dix relational approach i love it we love it it works for us but it isn't for everybody and there'll be some people like coming and go that's not how you do it but it, we could prove really easy really quickly that it works the idea that we can we can be subjective we can try to be subjective but i don't think you're ever going to manage to do that 100 percent 
Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. You, you, we know that they prefer to see certain things, and it's interesting when you read um, offset inspections from same inspectors. It comes across that they are, you know, they clearly look for the same. It's like me lesson observations. I probably pick up on on the same things when I pop into lessons because that's my thing. You know, like an early years expert will pick up on different things to, to what I would say. So, yeah, it's the whole thing's just flawed, isn't it? You know, let's just go back to having an advisor who knows the school, um, who can work alongside us, vouch that things going well. You know, let's just change the way we do accountability. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Dave. I really, really appreciate it. And keep fighting the good fight. No, thank you for having me on. I've uh, really enjoyed tuning things over. Cheers, pal. Brilliant. Enjoy the rest of the holiday. Take care.